Dez Tell's emergence on the defensive line is going to be huge for the Louisville Cardinals this upcoming season. We begin our top 15 players for the Cardinals on today's episode of the show. Stay tuned. You are locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Happy Monday. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Thanks again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team every day. As I mentioned in the opener, we are beginning our rankings of the top 15 players for the Louisville football team this upcoming season, beginning with um, 13 through 15. Dez tells emergence on the defensive line, something to focus on for the Louisville Cardinals. Amari Huggins-Bruce also looking to take the next step in his collegiate career and offensive lineman transfer Eric Miller will be announcing his presence this upcoming fall. So um, like I said, we've kind of teased this a little bit on previous episodes, but one thing that I'm going to be doing, it's a five-part series ranking the top 15 players on the Louisville football team. For this upcoming season, three players per episode, one player per segment, obviously. So there will be three rankings per show. It'll be a little bit interesting because um, the format's going to be a little bit different. So if it's like in this instance, 15 to 13, the 13th ranked player will be segment one. Segment two will be 14th. Segment three will be 15th for the sake of algorithms and uh, for, um, you know, content headlines. So uh, the highest player in the sequence will be the player talked about first. So 15 to 13. And the criteria is there's a lot of things that are being combined here. Overall talent, um, you know, production predictions, and also uh, how valuable this player is to his position to his unit, and to his team. So a lot of different factors really coming into play here. At number 13, we have defensive lineman Des Tell. As I mentioned, took a step forward last season and is looking to do the same thing in 2023. Statistically speaking, um, only 26 total tackles this past year, but continually has gotten better with each and every season. I think that with the injury to Jermaine Lolay last season, right before the year, Destel really had to step up and be that stronghold for the Louisville defense. And I thought that he did a great job among many other players at the position, right? It wasn't just Tell, so you can't just give him the credit, but he was one of the main driving forces behind this defense being as good as it was. And we've talked about many players, uh, you know, being key reasons for the defense being good. I mean, Yasir Abdullah, Yaya Diaby, Ashton Jolotti, Monty Montgomery, Dorian Jones, Momo Sonogo, players in the back end of the defense, right? I mean, there's a lot of players. One thing that you can't overlook was the impact that the Cardinals had on the interior of the defensive line. And I think that you had a, a penciled-in starter or at least a guy that was going to play a ton in Jermaine Lole, who transferred in from Arizona State, he ends up getting hurt in that first game and misses the entirety of the season. So Louisville had to have guys step up, and they had to do it quickly. Des Tell 
really, really rose to the occasion for the Louisville Cardinals. Had a career season. Um, obviously, like I mentioned, career high in tackles. He had 26. He also had two sacks as well. The six foot one native of Stockbridge, Georgia, really busted onto the scene this past season. You look at some of his more memorable performances. He had four tackles in that game against Florida State in September. Four tackles in the bowl game against Cincinnati. Um, had the one sack against Virginia and then a half sack against NC State and Florida State. Now, you might be asking, well, top 15 players on the team and you go with a defensive tackle that only had under 30 tackles um, You know, at number 13 in this list? Yes, because I don't necessarily think that the statistical production matched up with the impact that Destel had on this team. And not only that is in these rankings, you'll see you have to go out on a limb and do some projections. I think that by the time the season ends, the 15 players on this list might not necessarily be the 15 best players. Hence, that's why they are called predictions. This is a prediction. I think that Destel is going to be a guy that continually rises you know, his play more and more as the season goes along, a potential breakout guy on the defensive line for Louisville. And not to mention, we mentioned it once, might as well mention it again. You have a new scheme on the defensive front. You know, 4-2-5, you're playing with more defensive linemen. And I think that Des Tell matches up better in a four defensive lineman front rather than three guys. So I think that being alongside guys like Jared Dawson, Tofik Thomas, potentially Jermaine Lole if he's able to get healthy. Some other players could be in the mix as well. I think that Tell leads that group. I think that he's going, you're going to see a situation to where he's going to increase the statistics. I think he will, in my opinion, double the sack numbers. Now, 26 tackles for an interior defensive lineman isn't bad, but I do think that he is going to increase that number pretty decently you'll probably buy 10 or so which will be a very very good number i think that tell is a very solid component of the cardinals rushing defense and i think he's going to be tasked with doing a little bit more interior pass rush and that's something that um he showed flashes of this past season so incorporating a full off season of work being able to get better you can't discount um you know, honestly, natural progression from one season to the next. So I think that that's something that we need to focus on here. Um, Destel being a guy 290 pounds, I think coming into last year, I was like, if he can be a depth piece, I feel good about where his career could be headed for Louisville. But he absolutely exceeded my expectations, probably exceeded a lot of people's expectations. And really it was because he had to. And he got that opportunity, and I don't think he's going to look back. I truly think he's one of the top 15 players on this team because of the production that you're going to see this year, because of the impact that he will have uh, defending the run, um, being a interior pass rusher as well, not to mention having that veteran leadership in the middle of the Cardinals' defense. I think that the middle has been an issue for Louisville over the past couple of seasons in Scott Satterfield's tenure. I think that it could potentially be a strength in this year's, um, you know, in this year's team and the Jeff Brom era moving forward. 
because of guys like Tell. I think Tell is one of the players that gets overlooked the most of anyone on this team because of the statistical numbers last year. And let's face it, I mean, he just hasn't been a guy that the majority of the fan base has talked about now. The diehards, the analysts, the people that follow this team will say, hey, look, Tell is a guy that's really going to to provide some solid snaps, some solid production on the interior of that defensive line. But it's sort of a small, compact group that is is suggesting that. And long story short, I do think he is one of, if not the most underrated player on this team, just because of the notion that he's not talked about a lot at all. So um, I think you may look at this now and be like, well, I don't necessarily agree. Just give it some time. I think you're going to um, you know, see right away that Tell is going to take that next step. And even then, I still think that there's the potential for a player like him to get overlooked because I feel like interior defensive linemen do get overlooked more often than almost any other position outside of maybe offensive line, tight end, and some other spots. So uh, Des Tell for me is 13th because of the step that he took forward last year, the opportunity he's going to get this year, the impact that it will play for the entirety of the defensive line, and not to mention just the overall talent that he has. I think it all comes into play. He lands solely on this list. I don't necessarily think that um, it was close in terms of leaving him off this list, but Destel landing at 13th. 14th. We'll go to the other side of the ball where Amari Huggins-Bruce is looking to take that next step forward. He's now in an offense that is going to give him the opportunity to do so, and we'll discuss why he lands in the top 15. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about why you need to pay attention over at FanDuel. Obviously, MLB Post-All-Star break, we've seen Shohei Otani continue his hot stretch. A lot of people are wondering, where is he going to end up? Well, until we find that out, why don't you look at some of the numbers that he has? Um, Total strikeouts per game, um, home runs per game. I mean, he's a guy that bats second in the Angels lineup, so he's always a, a player that could be the first to hit a home run. That just you know highlights some of the opportunities that you can uh, tackle over at FanDuel. And if you need more incentive, your first bet amount in bonus bets, you can get up to $200. Bet 20, you'll get up to 200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, it's on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Sign up today, visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel the official partner of Major League Baseball. Okay, continuing on along in descending order into um, the opening episode of the Top 15 Player Ranking Series, number 14 is wide receiver Amari Huggins-Bruce. And after his freshman season, it seemed like the native of Dillon, South Carolina, was a player that was going to be Bound for stardom. I mean, after all, he had 29 catches for 444 yards and four touchdowns. He would have had another touchdown had he not fumbled that over 90-plus yards catch against um, Murray State. Um, overall, actually, I think it was Eastern Kentucky. But nonetheless, Amari Huggins-Bruce, in his sophomore season, 
took a step back statistically. He had 31 catches, but only 365 yards and two touchdowns. His average yard yards per reception was down by almost four, and um, it, it left people wondering uh, what happened to Amari. And I don't necessarily think it was an indication of Amari regressing or taking a step back. And honestly, I don't necessarily know that it had anything to do with Amari at all. It was the external factors that you have to focus on. Number one, Louisville brought in a true number one wide receiver in Tyler Hudson, a player that had over a thousand yards receiving for Central Arkansas and a guy that was going to be the number one for Louisville. A guy that got a ton of targets throughout the season. Just a guy that, look, you had to get the ball to because he's one of the most talented players in the country at the position. And we saw that all throughout the season. However, it wasn't just Amar, I'm sorry, it wasn't just Tyler Hudson and his command of the targets, but also the passing offense for Louisville as a whole. It seemed like throughout the season, Louisville offensively didn't necessarily live up to expectations. I thought that they ran the ball pretty well, but offensively, overall, the passing game really led the offense to come up short of expectations. It seemed like it never got going. Malik Cunningham didn't necessarily look as comfortable as he had the season before, and even when he did, he faced injuries as well to where Brock Doman had to come in, started that game against Virginia, started the last uh, three games of the season. So you had some injuries to Malik. You had to insert Brock into the um, offense as well. It seemed like opposing defenses had figured out what Louisville was trying to do passing the football, right? Um, from being too projectable, being too predictable, passing the ball, having injuries at the quarterback position, just honestly the lack of targets that Amari deserved all contributed to Huggins-Bruce taking a step back in receiving yards and touchdowns. And I think that that wasn't an indication of how, how talented a guy like Amari is. Because all throughout the first two years of his career, Scott Satterfield said, look, we need to find ways to get AHB the ball in space. He said that almost seemingly since day one, since he stepped foot on campus, but didn't necessarily come to fruition. Now you're in a passing offense to where that might not necessarily be the case. He is lower on this list at number 14 because of two other players, spoiler, that are also in this receiving core, Jamari Thrash and Kevin Coleman Jr. One of the parameters for this um, set exercise is production. And this is not an indication of Amari Huggins-Bruce's talent level. I'm not saying that he's bad. True talent level, he may contend for top five because of his home run ability. But with the competition with Coleman Jr., with Jamari Thrash, with other guys like Jaden Thompson, Jimmy Calloway, you know, so on and so forth, I think that the production holds him back a little bit. But nonetheless, it doesn't keep him off of this list. The five foot nine, one hundred and seventy pound wide receiver has two years in the ACC, and I think is really primed to potentially double those receiving numbers. I think that Jamari Thrash is your clear cut number one, and then it's sort of up to Kevin Coleman Jr. and Amari Huggins Bruce to sort of duke it out in terms of uh, who's going to be second on the team in receiving. So overall, 
impact on this offense, I think that there's no telling what his impact can be because of the wide variety of ways that you can get him the ball, wide receiver screens, um, throwing it out to him in the flat, um, slants over the middle, the deep ball. I think that that's one way that Louisville didn't necessarily utilize AHB, and that was using that deep threat home run ability to their advantage. They really weren't able to go deep um, overall the past two years outside of Tyler Harrell in 2021. But AHB, you look at the talent, it's no doubt that he is um, talent-wise probably one of the more talented guys in the ACC, but just hasn't had that production hasn't had that impact yet for one reason or another, but I do think that he lands on this list here because he's talented. He's very talented and you're going to see Jeff Brom find ways to get him the football that don't just involve him running a route. It's going to be wide receiver screens. It's going to be into rounds. Um, who knows what it could be. It could be flea flickers. It could be the deep route, whatever may have you, the variety, the versatility, of this offense coupled with the talent, the elusiveness, the agility, the speed of Amari Huggins-Bruce. And I think that he could allow Louisville to reach new heights offensively because of that big play um, you know, capability that he possesses. But like I mentioned, the only thing that holds him back on this list at number 14 is the possible limitation of production. I think that he goes over 500 yards receiving this year. I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think that he could also um, have a career high in catches and potentially a career high in touchdowns. The issue is you have to wonder where the deviation of targets are going to come from. There's a lot more people to feed in the wide receiver room. Um, it's, It's a deep wide receiver room. So Mix that in with some running backs that are going to be uh, demanding targets as well. Jawar Jordan, Isaac Garendo, Maurice Turner, um, and then tight ends, whether it's Jamari Johnson, Joey Gatewood, Josh Lifson. Needless to say, it's going to be a very balanced offensive attack outside of a guy like Jamari Thrash, who I think is going to get over 1,000 yards receiving. Um, Obviously, you have to assume that there's going to be good health, and that is going to be a prerequisite for all of these um, arguments. But I think people may listen to this and say, wow, you're really disrespecting Amari by putting him 14th. I don't necessarily think so. I think that talent-wise, and I'm admitting that he is one of the most talented players on this team, but when you say the top player on this team, I'm saying a player that's going to be able to have the production to back it up. Not only just the talent, but the production and the impact. And um, I think that honestly, it's a compliment to rank any player inside of this top 15. And we're going to talk next segment about just how hard it was to cut down this list. There were some pretty notable snubs um, when it came to cutting the rankings. And, you know, I'll tell you from 15 to about 10, it's pretty close. I went back and forth. Um, and eventually got to a spot that I felt pretty comfortable in the rankings, but I went back and forth. I mean, 10 was at 14 at one point, 14 was above 14 at one point. Um, Des tell was above 13 at one point. And so it was, it's just a matter of, um, you know, opinion. It's a matter of what you project a player is going to play like this upcoming season. And that's the most challenging part, but nonetheless, Amari Huggins, Bruce, 
solidly makes the list at 14. But who was the last player in? That is Purdue offensive lineman transfer Eric Miller. And we're going to talk about why his presence on the boundaries of the Cardinals offensive line led him to making this list here momentarily. Before we do that, I want to thank you all again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. Every day is, like I mentioned, this is the first installment of the five-part series ranking the top 15 players for the Louisville football team. On tomorrow's episode of the show, we will be talking about 10 through 12, so be sure to stay tuned um, when it comes to upcoming episodes. But to conclude the show today, we are talking about the player that made the list last. And that is no disrespect to him, because making the top 15 is pretty notable. That is Eric Miller, offensive tackle from Purdue. I think for me, the deciding factor here to make this list was the impact that he will have on this team. He is likely going to be one of the starters, potentially at left tackle, Um, I think that he's going to be a player that plays at left tackle. And you have Michael Gonzalez going to the inside. Miller um, played a lot of snaps for Purdue over the past couple of seasons. Um, You look at what he brings to the table, 6'6", 6'7", grew a little bit coming out of high school. But he really, really showed out. 305 offensive tackle. Started all 14 games for the Big Ten um, for the Big Ten, for a team that made the Big Ten championship, um, played five games at left tackle, played the remainder at right tackle. He paid, He played almost 600 snaps in pass pro. Only four of those, he gave up sacks. He only gave up quarterback hits and four of those opportunities and only 18 quarterback hurries. He almost logged a total of 1,000 snaps. Um, Came from Mason, Ohio, a player that got better with each and every season. Over 2K snaps, 29 starts, gave up eight sacks, eight quarterback hits, and 49 quarterback hurries, and 97% career efficiency. Shout out to um, Sports Illustrated's um, Louisville Report, Matt McGavick with those statistics, but you have that proven production. And I think that that was one of the issues in the spring game. It seemed like Louisville, there was still work that needed to be done on the offensive line. And did Jeff Brom and company go out and address those needs immediately? They pretty much did in a week. They had multiple offensive line commitments, but I think that Miller's presence on the offensive line solidifies his last spot in the top 15 because he's going to be relied upon to be a rock on that left side of the offensive line. Um, Or he could be on the right side of the offensive line. But nonetheless, one thing that you have to have is a good offensive line. You have Brian Hudson, who's also on this list. You have some solid transfers coming in. You have Michael Gonzalez coming back. But you have a lot of unproven youth outside of that. So going into the transfer portal and getting players like Miller, who not only have played multiple seasons and started multiple games across a multiple year stretch, they did it at a high level. Only eight sacks and over 
2,000 career snaps in the Big Ten that has had some pretty solid pass rushers um, over the past couple years. So I think that Miller not being able to leave him out here because of the talent, because of what he has been able to do, and I think that he's going to continue that production this upcoming season for Louisville being a stronghold on the offensive line for a year, but the overall impact that I think he's going to be able to play for the Cardinals' offensive line because, look, I think left tackle is one of the three most important positions on the field outside of quarterback and edge rusher. So um, having a player at left tackle like Eric Miller I think lands him on the top 15. Some notable snubs, Michael Gonzalez, TJ Quinn, Stan Quan Clark, Josh Minkins, all of those players were in consideration amongst others, but, and this is no disrespect to them, like I said, Eric Miller getting the nod here for me because of uh, not only his proven production, but the impact of how this is going to have on the season. So number 13, Des Till. Number 14, Omari Huggins-Bruce, and number 15, Eric Miller, kick off the um, the beginning segment of the Global Football Top 15 Player Series. On tomorrow's episode, you're going to see a pair of defensive players in the back half of the secondary, along with a skill position player on offense um, in the... Uh, 12 through 10 rankings, so be sure to stay tuned. That's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. To find the show on all streaming services and other platforms, be sure to stay tuned to this graphic.